everyone. Welcome to the Grove Church's Cultivate podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there. And we are starting a new series today where we're going to be, we're, we're calling it Finding the Balance. And just try to explain, kind of help you understand kind of what we're talking about. Is there are a lot of theological issues? There are a lot of moral issues. There's a lot of issues that we grapple with where people are trying to pull us into one camp or another. And well, this, if this is true, this can't be true. And really, most of the issues as far as how we're supposed to live, as far as really understanding the depths and complexities of who God is and understanding really the complexities of the gospel and understanding the Holy Spirit. I mean, there's just so many things that really we have to figure out how to take two complementary and for some people often seemingly contradictory truths and put them together in a balance. And too often, like I said, we'll, 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 take, we'll take one thing over the other. And, and when we do that, when we focus on one idea in contrast to another idea, we, we, get, we get kind of messed up. I, f- I feel like I should give an example, but if I give an example, might as well just jump straight into this week's topic. So I'll give you an example of what we're talking about um, just by introducing this week's topic. And this is not far and away, not the most controversial one, but it was kind of the first one that I feel like that I was introduced to because it just is right at the beginning of the Gospel of John in this passage where John is describing what it was like for Jesus to become a man and enter into the world. So it's a, it's a deeply theological passage that starts the Gospel of John as opposed to a, the birth narratives that start the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And he's describing Jesus. And so we will, we will pick this up. We'll pick it up in um, verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Okay, so he's kind of reflecting here on what Jesus did and kind of the response to it. So Jesus was the true light, gives light to everyone. He comes into the world to bring light to a dark world. And he was there, he was here, but the people in the world didn't recognize him, didn't recognize that he was the creator God of the universe. He said that even though it was made by him, the world didn't recognize him. Even though he came to that which was his own, this was his world, his own did not receive him. Verse 12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And so even though they didn't receive him, he still granted people who believe, who did ultimately come to believe in him the right to become children of God, you know, essentially the adopted sons and daughters of God. The word, again, it's talking about Jesus. The word became flesh, became a person, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, and here we go, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So the balance we're going to be talking about is what does it mean that Jesus was full of both grace and truth? And sometimes people think those things go against each other. How do we find a balance between these two ideas? But we'll finish this passage because John explains this a little bit more. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 
No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So we get this phrase, full of grace and truth. We get it two different times. You know, it's there in verse 14. Like, hey, we've seen the glory comes from the Father. And he's full of grace and truth. And then in verse uh, 17, um, John sets up this contrast. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So let's define these terms and so we can kind of understand this balance that we need to have. So let's just assume that someone has done something wrong and maybe they have done something wrong and it is, has specifically affected you in some way. Now, it seems for the most part that people you know, tend to have two different reactions to it. Some people will say, I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going to say anything. And that is considered a gracious response. And by grace, what we mean is I am going to give you something good. I'm going to be kind to you even though you don't deserve it. That's what grace is, a kindness that is undeserved. So someone has hurt you and you are going to be kind to them. That is you being gracious. So they're, they've hurt me. I'm going to let it go. That means I'm being gracious. The other thing is, hey, they've hurt me. Well, since they've hurt me, there's some things I got to tell you. I'm going to tell you what you did. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you. I'm going to tell you your problems. I'm going to tell you your terrible part. I'm just going to tell you some truth. I'm going to tell you some truth. And, and, and that again, those are our two, typically our two main responses when someone has hurt us, that I'm either going to be gracious by letting it go, or I'm going to be truthful and just kind of lay somebody out. Now, Jesus is described as being full of both of those things. And I use the example of how do you react when someone hurts you, because that is, in fact, the example that is being used here in John chapter 1. The world has rejected God. The world has become a very dark place. The world is full of sin. And how now is Jesus going to come into the world? We see this in John chapter 2. We see it in John chapter, we see it all throughout this gospel where it talks about how a world that is condemned, Jesus enters into it. And he enters into it not with more condemnation, because the world is already condemned, but he enters into with a desire to save the world. Okay? So, Jesus, he is full of both grace and truth. And so, he sees us in the situation that we're in. And we talked about this in our What is the Gospel series. And if you didn't listen to that, I encourage you to go back. You can check that out. It's three sessions long. And so Jesus enters into the world, and it, not, to, not, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. He's full of grace and truth. And so there's both elements of there. So we have done damage to God, and Jesus is full of grace. But that does not mean that he lets it go, that it's no big deal. It is a big deal. He's also full of truth. And that does not mean that he came down here to add condemnation to us and to just harshly criticize us. That is not what he did. He was full of both grace and truth. And so there was a real acknowledgement of what we had done, of the seriousness of the consequences of sin. When he saw sin, he confronted it. But he was also very kind and very gracious in the way that he dealt with us. And so when we think about Jesus, and so we, we can talk about, we'll talk about this with this particular issue. We'll talk about it both and how it relates to Jesus and then how it relates to us as people who are supposed to be modeling after Jesus. And so Jesus being full of grace and truth, he, and the way that he relates to us, he loves us well. 
He is gracious with us. He's not coming to condemn us. But he also, when he confronts sin, he says, that is sin and that is not appropriate. It is wrong. You are hurting yourself. You are hurting God, but not in a condemning way. And so the gospel is a real, truthful confrontation of what sin is and its consequences. It is not sweeping anything under the rug. It is, it is, allow, it is forcing us to face the truth of the reality of the, both the short-term and the long-term consequences of our own sin. And so it is, it, is, it is full of truth. And at the same time, it is full. His response to us is completely full of grace. Romans 5 describes it as while we were, while we were God's enemies, Jesus Christ died for us. So this is something. So he, he is giving us an unmerited kindness by being full of grace, by not, even though he is telling us the truth, he is not, he is giving us a way out from the consequences of, of the reality of our sin. And so he perfectly brings both of those things together fully. And so then we start thinking about us and we start thinking about the way that we interact with people. And again, I feel like very often when someone has hurt us, we feel like we've only got the two choices. I can be gracious and let it go, or I can tell you. And neither one of those things in and of themselves are necessarily great. If all you are is what you're considering, what you're calling in this instance, kind of full of grace, letting it go, and you're not bringing truth to the situation, and you're not coming to someone and say, hey, when you said that, that hurt me. You are, you, you are hurting yourself by not being honest, and you're hurting them by not being honest. You're not being truthful. You're acting like nothing's happened when something has happened. And when we do this, things blow up eventually. You think you're being gracious, but really you're stuffing you're making lists, you're taking notes, and you're not really being gracious. Gracious would mean like really letting it go. I'm going to, I am going to behave forever as if this didn't happen. And if you're not doing that, you're not being gracious. You're, you're making a list. You're keeping a note. You are storing anger up to be used at a later date. But if you are only doing what some people would call telling the truth, then you're being hurtful. It's not really a desire for reconciliation. I just, I'm just, I just got some things I got to tell you. You hurt me, and now I'm going to hurt you by saying some things that are true about you. You are a terrible, hurtful person, and and you, you, what you said was really, really mean, and it came, must have come from this place in you. And everything that you could say could could be true. I'm not saying you're lying. I'm not saying you're exaggerating. But there's a there are ways of saying things that are true that can also be gracious where my primary interest, and this is where the model of Jesus comes in, the, my goal and the truth that I'm saying is reconciliation, not punishment. If my goal is punishment, then I can say whatever true things I want to say to hurt them however I want to hurt them, as long as what I'm saying is true. And very, very often, you know, you're in a conflict. You might be the one who says this. Your, your friend or your spouse or your sibling might be the one who says this. Yeah, who, who knows, but usually at least one, if not two people in a relationship, like you're having some sort of conflict and you say something hurtful to somebody and they say that hurt my feelings. And your response is, well, it's true. As if that is the only filter that gets to decide whether or not something should be said or how something should be said. That truth is the only consideration. If it's true, nothing else matters. But the reality of it is Jesus came full of both grace and truth. And so I'm going to speak truth to them, but I'm going to speak to it with a kindness. 
and being kind when someone has hurt you and they don't necessarily deserve the kindness, that's what grace is. And so again, the perfect model for this is Jesus Christ, who has been hurt by us. And again, according to this passage, has been rejected by the world, came into the world, the world didn't recognize him, the world didn't receive him, and yet he still offered an undeserved kindness of grace with a desire for reconciliation rather than a desire for condemnation. And it's contrasted here um, in verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so the law is rules-based do this, you get good things. Don't do this, you get bad things. And Jesus comes in with a different attitude than a rules-based um, approach to God. He's coming in with, a, with, a, with an approach that is based on grace and truth. The things that are or are not sin are still true. And I want, and I want to communicate that truth to you. But I'm also going to be incredibly gracious with you. And I'm going to show you and demonstrate and model for you the undeserved kindness that God wants to show you. And so it is incredibly important for us to understand that because I think, again, I think, I think, I think too often we kind of put Jesus in this box. Jesus is either the, the Mr. Nice guy, sweet guy, real soft, real sensitive, has a lamb around his neck, always, always only being nice to people. Or we imagine Jesus is the guy who's always, who's flipping over tables in anger at um, people who are changing you know, doing the money changing at the temple. And we think of Jesus in these either ors. And whichever one we are or we want to be, we say that's who Jesus is. And so then we model that. But Jesus is both the kind person who let the woman in, at caught in adultery go away without condemnation. And he is the one who confronted the sins of the Pharisees. Sometimes it would seem pretty harshly. And when he deals with all of us, a humanity as a whole, he is always full of grace and truth. And so we need to make sure that we have a more complex, fuller picture of who Jesus is, and then we need to allow that to inform us about who it is that God then has called us to be. And so then the way that I interact with people and the way that I treat people is full of grace and truth. And we, and we, we talk about this a lot at The Grove. We talk about it a lot. And my guess is, is there's going to be a handful of these kind of kind of figuring out the balance here that are going to come down to some version of this issue. When the sinner walks into the door of the church, and that sin maybe is a very public sin, it is a very known sin, it is a sin that groups of people have decided is amongst the worst types of sins or whatever. How will we treat that? How do we treat the sinner in a church? We treat the sinner full of grace and truth. I'm going to show you the unmerited kindness and love of God the Father. And I'm going to help you understand the truth about sin and how it affects your life. And I'm going to do it, not with the desire of making you feel bad, but with the hope of reconciliation. That is how a church treats a person, full of grace and truth. This is how an individual Christian should deal with conflict when someone has hurt me. I want to be full of of grace and truth. I want to forgive people well, but I also want to be honest and communicate with people. In every aspect of our life, when we're talking about how to relate to other people and the people that we're relating to are sinners, whether it's in the context of figuring out how to, how to help a friend who is struggling with an addiction, how to, help, how, to, how to reconcile with someone who is a friend of yours that has hurt you, 
whether it is dealing with how to deal with someone in your church who who is found out to be um, committing some big secret sin or someone who is outside the church who visits the church who is obviously engaged in some sort of sin. Figuring out how to bring both of these two things together. It is not loving to not tell someone the truth, but it is also not Christ-like to not be gracious in the way that we talk about the truth. And so I think it is of incredible importance to think about two things. We'll sum it up this way. When I think about the way that Jesus interacts with me and the way that he thinks about me, do I think about him in in this balanced way? Is he someone who is bringing both grace and truth into my life? If it's just grace, then if that's where you are, then you're probably stuck in a lot of really destructive sin patterns. If you only think truth, then you probably are missing out on the gracious love that God is offering. And you probably are kind of stuck in this kind of works mentality where the only way that God will love me is if I do everything right. But if I recognize that Jesus is full of both grace and truth, then I will be someone who is getting better in my walk with God and can also rest in the unconditional love of God through his son, Jesus Christ. So we need to first understand kind of how this impacts, asking the question, how is it that we view Jesus? And then two, you need to ask some questions about yourself. Would I describe myself as someone who is too heavy, is heavy on grace or heavy on truth? And people who very often would categorize themselves as gracious people tend to be, no offense, because I'm throwing this rock at myself, tend to be passive aggressive people. People who say that they're letting things go, but really are just building up resentment and aren't really being honest with the people around them about how they feel. And you think that you're being gracious, but you're really not. And often people who think of themselves as, as people who are truthful really are just hurtful people. People who are just, who enjoy conflict and, and, and are hurting people whether they realize it or not. And so if you are a truth person, you need to bring grace into it. If you imagine yourself as a gracious person, you need to make sure that you are also telling people the truth about what is going on in your heart and in your life. And we put those two things together. And now I am modeling the love of Jesus Christ to the people in my life. And so, again, this is not the most controversial. It's actually probably one of the more practical um, finding the balance um, topics that we're going to talk about. But since it's just very explicitly put in there, this kind of these two balancing words in a description of Jesus, he's kind of described this way as having both of these two, th- these two things that often seem to go against each other as having these things in balance. I think it just makes for a good first example. And so we're going to talk about some things. We're going to talk about predestination at some point. We're going to talk about what James says about being about works versus um, grace. Uh, what Paul says about grace in Ephesians. What James says about works in James two. Some of these kinds of contradictions. We'll probably get into this kind of some some issues, some attitudes that we have on sexuality, some attitudes that we have about money. I'm not going to necessarily get too controversial or political here, unless you unless you beg me to. So. If like if like a whole bunch of people who listen to this come up to me and say, "Hey man, we want you to we want you to come up with some really controversial ones," I will. Otherwise, we'll probably just stick with more of the theology. So that's a challenge to listeners out there. If you're wanting, if you're wanting that, you're going to have to let me know. And so I uh, thanks thanks as always for joining us in the Cultivate Podcast. And again, this series is going to go an undetermined number of weeks, but it, uh, I hope that you enjoy it. 
And if you are, um, if you're in Northwest Arkansas and you're not really connected to the Grove and you found this podcast somehow, man, we're really glad that you're joined us and we'd love to connect with you somehow. You can go to thegrovechurch.org slash connect. Just let us know that you are listening and we'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. You can find out everything that you need to know. If you're not, you can do the same thing and you can join us online and we'd love to connect with you there. Either way, we'd love to know that you're listening in any way that we can help and support you as a church. We'd love to do it. Again, I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and thanks for joining us.